Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Dad's podcast. I'm here with my brother from El Paso, Dr. David Wardy. How are you? How are you today, brother? I'm fantastic, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, We've got an important topic today, David, one that uh, I'm surprised, actually, we haven't really talked in great length or great detail about it, but I guess we were just waiting for the right expert to come on. And uh, so we're gonna be talking about water, electrical fields, minerals, all sorts of important things that I think that uh, is, is so basic yet so not talked about enough and so profoundly important for our health. So um, yeah, what, what were some of your you know, expectations or excitements about uh, getting uh, Robert Slovak on today? Buddy, I'm excited. I literally talk to patients on a weekly basis about the importance of the type of water they're drinking and how clean it is and stuff like that, all the way to EMFs, which we're going to discuss and how they affect our physiology and our health. So like you're, like you're saying, it's something we really haven't had anybody on, but these are hot topics for us. And I'm really excited to get somebody like Robert Slovak on with us today because, man, you couldn't, we couldn't have found a better expert to kind of dive into these things with us. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to share a little bit about his history. I mean, and here's the thing about Robert, you know, you get a chance to talk to him uh, and we're so grateful for having you on Robert. And what we realized in having a, a simple conversation about water, it's like Pandora's box <laughs> opens right. up because there's so much more information there. Uh, we're going to do our best to really streamline it to uh, these, these few topics. But uh, Robert, I mean, we're so grateful to have you on. He's an aeronautical and astronautical engineer. Uh, best known for co-founding Water Factory Systems in the early 1970s. So you've had your pulse on this in this field for, or finger on the pulse of this field for you know, decades. So he and his brother were among the early developers of reverse osmosis te- technology and its many applications. Their successful innovations encompassed home and office RO drinking water systems, bottled water, water production, laboratory purification, hemodialysis, seawater desalination, microchip production, bottled water pr- production, water vendings and one of the one of the ones that i always found was a surprise when i first heard heard you speak was this you were part of the 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 production of the spot free vehicle washing uh rinse that we all experience when we go wash our cars at the 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 gas stations what have you but i um, just wasn't part of it i (laughs) created it created i mean this is amazing and and but what's can i speak a little bit yes please do yes welcome to the show so you know when you when you realize that you know water in its pure form doesn't leave spots, but the average person doesn't uh, doesn't they think water naturally leaves spots. It's something I found out like the hard way. So when I designed the system to make spot-free rinse water for the car wash industry, I went to Las Vegas to this giant conference, the International uh, Car Wash Conference or co- convention. I mean, it's like one of the biggest conventions in the world. And I'm showing this. I can't tell you how many guys came by. And I really like, it was like, I was very down and going, they would pat me on the back and go, man, I don't know what you're drinking, dude, but you're taking the spots out of water. I mean, that's how they thought of it. And I'm going, holy mackerel, humanity really is pretty stupid. 
And so there were, I gave a talk. I think there were three people who attended my talk. Okay. And those three people, like, you know, they weren't, uh, they, they were just very open-minded. And those people bought spot-free rent systems from me. And those people, by the next year, those people in this a very industry that's very connected, those people just were the innovators and people knew them and they spoke. And the next year it was standing room only. How do I get spot-free rents? Have you ever used it in your, like, have you ever gone to a seltzer mm -hmm. car wash? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, your technology has been around for quite a while, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's amazing. So, and it's so, so simple. simple. I mean, it's nothing, it was no great uh, discovery. It was just, hey, here's a great application for RO. So yeah. let's, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, what makes... You know, let's talk about, you know, drinking water, you know, what makes the best quality water? Why is reverse osmosis more important than, say, your basic carbon filter? You know, why is this so important right, right now? Okay. I mean, there are, you know, water, pure water starts being just free of contaminants. And there are, depending upon the area, depending upon the source, there's an incredibly wide variety of contaminants. Let's say um, 200 possible contaminants. The average municipal water supply probably has, and when we say contaminants, we're talking about contaminants that affect your health. And they're just called health-related contaminants. But there are other contaminants that are lifestyle contaminants, like water that's very hard water with so much calcium and magnesium, it leaves spots on your dishes, on your shower stall, and those are also addressed in municipal water. Some municipal waters have to actually soften. You've heard of a water softener. Have to soften the water just because people aren't gonna put up with it. So that's another kind of contaminant called an aesthetic contaminant. So maybe there's 10 aesthetic contaminants and that might include hardness, iron, manganese, hydrogen sulfide, etc. And then the other contaminants that continue to grow are obviously, you know, heavy metals. That's uh, one. And um, uh, obviously synthetic organic chemicals that are like pesticides. Volatile organic chemicals like gasoline. Um, now we are seeing new things, pharmaceuticals in the water. How the hell do they get in the water? Well, more and more as we run out of water, as populations get bigger, et cetera, et cetera, we're having to recycle our water, right? So I don't have to tell you what people put down the drain. You know, you know, their old antibiotics, their cough syrup, their, their, you know, their, uh, hair coloring dyes, et cetera, et cetera. And that gets in the water. And so the, there's just some part of it that re, remains in the water in the recycling of it. And because you just can't remove everything perfectly. Now, there's a big difference for us, and you guys will appreciate this. There are standards. What level of a contaminant is harmful and what level is safe? And this is a big deal that the industry of water treatment goes through. Because as you know, there's 
let's say we take something sodium one you need like 3000 milligrams or 2 to 3000 milligrams of sodium a day to survive one if you have uh, too little sodium you'll suffer and if you have too much sodium you may end up with hypertension so every contaminant has like a an, an acceptable level and too little may hurt you and too much may hurt you and this is a typical topic that I go over in my in my presentations so uh, the key is is there anything that can remove every category of contaminant VOCs SOCs heavy metals um, the pesticides uh, the, the pharmaceuticals yes there, there are two categories that can remove virtually a high level of virtually every category of contaminant one one of my favorites is distillation which is nature's process right water evaporates from the ocean winds carry it over the mountains where it cools condenses comes down as rain and snow ends up in streams and lakes and so on and we use it and we dump the rest in the sea and that's the hydrologic cycle but distillation plus activated carbon, those two things are needed together. Because of the range and molecular sizes of contaminants, you, you, you need more than just one technology. So, so this little package called distillation plus activated carbon. And activated carbon is known to be able to remove things that are, are volatile. All right? So, um, and, and so it makes like a perfect union reverse osmosis plus activated carbon is the other alternative and that uses everybody knows what distillation is you boil the water and you you condense it and the water is free of contaminants and then you can run it through your carbon filter if there's any volatile chemicals left reverse osmosis uses something called a semi-permeable membrane okay and it's like a plastic sheet and it's extremely cleverly configured so it fits in a tube and the tube can be well i've never done this in a podcast before so we're going to do it anyway <laughs> here's a reverse osmosis membrane in its nude form this goes in a tube and things hook up to it so it can be used now, how the heck does it work this white material, which air cannot go through, has a very unique property that water can go through it and very few contaminants can go through it. It removes 95% of almost everything. Whatever is maybe volatile things can make it through here a little easier, and that's why you always finish this water off with a carbon filter or activated carbon so so what does how does this work this think of this little this is called the membrane element think of this as a bag on a stick okay a bag on a stick so here's the bag okay and 
we can do anything to it. So this really is like a bag. It, it, it's just not clear, but think of this as a really long plastic bag. And the edges, the, this edge and the edge on top and the edge on the bottom are glued. So you form a bag. And the opening of that bag is this end, and it terminates in a tube. I call that the stick. So it's a bag on the stick. Now, if we took this, just like it is, we just crunch it up. If we crunch this up and, and just, you have to use your imaginations. We really put this in seawater. Like doesn't matter what configuration it has. And somehow we could magically pressurize that seawater because pressure is what makes the reverse osmosis process go. Hmm. Where in distillation, it's heat, right? Boil the water. But in RO, it's pressure. So if we put this, if I was sitting in like a swimming pool of seawater and I had this, and I held this open end of this tube up, and we somehow, this is the hard part to conceive of, we could pressurize that pool, Only pure water would go through this, and I could drink right out of this tube. Wow. Got it? A little mm -hmm. bit? That's, oh, that's great. Yeah. Visual is so helpful. So, so when this is all rolled up, and you go to somebody's house, and you see a reverse osmosis system under the sink, or this, or under counter, or something, and you can see it in hospitals, in the dialysis ward, you see it in self-serve car washes, etc. And they have tubes that are this small and tubes that are 20 feet long. Wow. And 16 inches in diameter. So they come in all kinds of sizes. And reverse osmosis is simply a, mem a, a water, separates anything from water. Now, some people use this in a very different way. Let's say the three of us owned a big orange orchard in Florida, okay? And the people that wanted our oranges wanted to make frozen orange juice. Well, you just don't squeeze it and, 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 and freeze it. You, you squeeze it and you somehow remove the water. So... If we use this in the same way and stick this in fresh orange juice and pressurize it, only the water is going to go through and come out here, and we're going to throw that away. And coming out that we keep on rinsing off is the concentrated orange juice. So this concentrates everything from paint to juices to you name it. Anyway. Wow. Interesting. It's good to see that once in your life. Oh, absolutely. No, it's it's so helpful to see because I mean when when it's sitting inside the tube inside inside a unit, I mean you just stretch it out for us, but essentially it, the water's still moving through all the layers. It's it all exactly the, all the particulates getting stuck in there. Um, now now one thing my teacher by the way Don Bray was the co-inventor of that brilliant configuration that changed the world. Wow. 
And so RO has been around for, for decades, correct? Decades. I mean, it was, uh, I was at the ground floor. It was discovered like at the laboratory level at the University of Florida by a man, an Indian scientist called Suri Rajan. And that was like in the mid fifties and a lot of, a lot, that, a lot of work. Make, turning it into that, okay? I mean, they just had a, a petri dish of membrane. Mm -hmm. and, and then the Department of the Interior of the United States realized by, the 19, by 1960 that this was the cheap secret to making seawater into fresh water. That's what drove this. So the government paid for the development of everything and hired typical companies that they hire, you know, the industrial complex of the world. And, and Don Bray, my teacher, was the one who said, here's the most efficient way to use this membrane. And that was done. And then the first things were done using a purifying brackish water. And then what my brother and I did was we said, hey, everybody's concentrating on all these big projects and specialized applications we're going to bring this to the consumer and to industry and to printing and to car washing and to hemodialysis, etc. And we just did hundreds of really cool applications using this. That's amazing. It's amazing to see just all the different, you know, um, areas of technology where this can be applied into in oh. different fields. I mean, it's, it's membranes really are just everywhere. Yeah. So, with now with this technology, you guys have found a way to get this into you know people's homes in a, in a more affordable way. There now, there's a ton of different reverse osmosis systems, and I think you know bringing attention to the the challenge with some of those built-in units and what happens with these bigger bladders and whatnot. I think that that's an important conversation for people to understand. That yes, I think it's yeah. one of the most important things we can address. So. Um, probably should have uh i put i should, probably should have brought a picture but it, i think maybe people have seen under what are called it's the most popular form of reverse osmosis drinking water system and it's something that fits under the sink and it has a, a set of filters and then it has a very distinctive tank and if people ever look under somebody's sink and there's a blue black or white tank that's a reverse osmosis system and my brother and I perfected that system in the early 1970s, hmm. okay? And we really became very well known for it. And one of the reasons is we quickly went out into the United States and taught everyone who wanted to learn this technology. We gave classes in almost all the key states, et cetera, et cetera. So we became known and then we ended up selling our company in the nine in 1990 to a very big entity. Okay. So I then discovered uh, after we, we retired relatively early or the typical time because of that discovery and all that stuff we'd made. And we went out into the world to kind of philanthropically teach countries and people, who didn't have the benefit of American technology and teaching uh, sessions, et cetera. I ended up in Brazil 
And Brazil was this country, this is now like 1995. Brazil was this country that had amazing mineral and natural resources, uh, you know, among the best in the world. But they didn't have, you, to develop all these things, you need water technology. That's the essence of, uh, of harvesting one's mineral and, and other natural resources. And so I brought these modern technologies to Brazil, et cetera. And that's where, and hopefully we'll get to it, that's where I discovered, and I'm not sure if you know this, where I discovered Canton Marine yeah. West. And so that uh, experience of bringing it to the world, we brought it to, I, we taught in Israel, and Israel now has the largest reverse osmosis system in the world. Okay, that makes all the water for um, for Israel. Uh, we went to Saudi Arabia, um, where um, they have like the second largest in Jeddah. Uh, they have the second largest uh, reverse osmosis system to make it because they don't have any fresh water. And I fondly re recall. Um, being arrested the first night I was in Saudi Arabia because I was inadvertently taking a picture of what I thought was a fountain, but in that picture was the uh, the uh, castle of the sheikh. And hmm. you can't take a picture of that. So <laughs> I'll never forget that one. <laughs> you won't do that again. I won't do that again. <laughs> so this this process... Uh, really developed. And here's one of the things that, that really happened that's not so good in the industry. That membrane I showed you, exactly that size. When my brother and I were doing all this development in the 70s, that membrane in 24 hours made only five gallons. Okay? So hold on to that idea, it made five gallons. So when people use this reverse osmosis system that was installed under their sink, it wasn't unusual to run out of water. And I knew that that was a good thing because you're always renewing, you're always renewing. I'm a big renewal person in nature, okay? But here's what happened, by the time 2000 hit, I was very uh, contrary to the industry because I realized that membranes now, at that time, they didn't make five gallons a day. They made 50 to 75 gallons. And in fact, that membrane you saw is makes 50 gallons per day. So what happens, what household uses 50 gallons per day? None. And that storage tank stays full indefinitely. Whatever you take out is replaced almost instantly. You never drain the storage tank. And I told the industry, this tank is becoming a microbial incubator. Now we're, now we're in the world of the microbiome, 2000, right? That's like 
holy mackerel, there's something that has more cells than the cells in your body, and, and it does this, and it makes hormones, and it, 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 it runs the show, <laughs> okay? And I'm going, okay, I'm asked to speak at an autism convention in 19, in 2000, like maybe five. And I'm thinking, oh my God, there's no way children with autism can have this water. And the bacterial counts in this water, depending upon the habits of the household, can be enormous. I mean, in the hundreds of thousands per milliliter. Okay, you know what a milliliter is, right? I mean, it's one cc, you know? I told the first group of women in the first autism conference that if there's, and, and they're seeing me, you know, on the billboard, Mr. Robert Slovak, inventor of reverse osmosis and so on and so on. And most of them are having reverse osmosis and they're looking for total like, he's gonna tell us we have the right thing already. And I start out and saying, if there's one thing that you remember from my talk today, is that you must, you must remember that you cannot give water from your under sink RO system to your child with autism. And that is what changed the whole perception of water and health, etc. Because the entire population thought that was the best that you can get. And it wasn't. It was almost the worst that you could get. It would have been better to drink the tap water. Yeah, that's such a powerful comment because uh, I mean, when I asked my parents, and you know, they've got a reverse osmosis system yeah. sitting underneath the sink. They get their filters yeah. replaced once a year, but it's not even about that. It's about the fact that you're not replenishing the water. And correct. And, and so, so one thing you. So, what did I end up? I mean, it was you know, I'm looking at 150 women who are already not having very happy lives dealing with autism, especially at the beginning before people even knew what to do or what it was. And, and I gave them, I said, listen, look, look, I'm going to help you get through this. You don't have to go home and throw this away. And I told them, one, if you have a child with autism and he has gut problems, microbiome issues, etc., you have to drain that tank every day. At the end of the day, when you're done using it, you have to drain the tank and start with the fresh water in the morning. And then I said, if your child is really sick, I went this far. I said, you have to sterilize their water with this little device. I don't know if you've seen it before. It's common. You can buy it at any camping store. It's a little ultraviolet sterilizer. I said, his water, you have to do this. Okay? So that got me through, you know, the years of... saving as many people who, 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 who would never have known this and never have known that this simple, convenient device under their sink was keeping their child's microbiome so contaminated. Hmm. Okay? So I, I say that to your parents. Uh, now, uh, if, if anyone is like immunocompromised or something, then you have to go to an extreme. But if they're just in decent health and so on, they should drain their tank at least every other day. Okay, mm -hmm. just drain it. 
find uses for it. I even wrote a paper, and, and I think I'll send it to both of you, uh, on the many, many uses of RO water. Okay? That's and it's great. just great. I mean, it's great to use it to reconstitute juice, your orange juice. It's great to put it. My favorite thing is it's kind of a version of spot-free rinse. I use it to put it in the windshield washer of my car because it doesn't leave streaks on the windows. That, oh, that's that. amazing. Okay? So many uses. Yes. I mean, it's three pages of all these cool things. Wow. And, you know, and, and one of the great things that I, I do for women, it's, you know, because hardness in the water and so on, and women buy all kinds of conditioners and things. And I say, you want to have the most beautiful hair going? Just bring in a little plastic thing of a small amount of RO water and put that on your hair as the last rinse and you're going to be delighted. And wow. it's fantastic. That's amazing. So anyway, this is, this is such important information. And, and I think that what people need to realize is that, you know, most of us probably will go our whole lives unless they're using this technology without actually drinking clean water. And it's so important that we take, you know, advantage of this because we're, we're mostly water. Now, now, as you're stripping all these, you know, chemicals, the, the VOCs, the, all that stuff out of the water, uh, we've got clear water without any mineral deposits, some of the essential things that we need in our water. So can you talk about this next piece of like, what do we do with our clean water now? How do we structure? Well, you're right on. I mean, yeah. you're so right on. But let me start by telling you, if we just took and looked at all the water supplies in the United States, and we can pick out the, the favorite spring in Montana that's pristine, et cetera, et cetera. They are the composition of those in just natural minerals and trace elements is pretty dismal. Okay? If they're from higher altitudes, typically, typically thought of as pristine, it's almost distilled water. And many people think just the opposite about it. Oh man, I'm getting all these great minerals. But water from high altitudes, it's, it hasn't hasn't spent enough time in the ground. It takes months, years to collect and dissolve the minerals. Mm -hmm. And trace minerals are very rare in water supplies. So, uh, you know, and they may, be, they may be very pure. There's lots of great bottled waters. But they're not, there's lots of great bottled waters and there's lots of uh, municipal waters, of course, but none of them really offer what is needed for the benefit of water delivering minerals and trace elements. It's greatest sub gift beyond the water molecules themselves. Okay. Now there is, you know, the war between like distillers and reverse osmosis and carbon filters. So carbon filters industry has, you know, it's, it's an industry you have to compete. So their, their selling point was, Carbon filters don't remove the healthful minerals of mm. reverse osmosis and distillation. And you know what? They're not worth it anyway. All right? I mean, a glass, I used to tell my audiences, uh, even because nobody drinks milk anymore, I said, listen, you know, a, a, a glass, an eight ounce glass of milk contains more minerals than a bathtub full of water. Okay? It, it's just not worth it. Don't think of water as your mineral source. Think of water as a way to deliver the minerals that you want to put in your body. So um, I favor 
let me see how far we'll go back on this. I think we have to give your, your, your audience the benefit of understanding something about how life evolved, okay? This is kind of the story that, that I tell. And not everybody even believes in evolution and I, it's, it's all okay. Everybody's thoughts are okay. But the science story goes that the Earth formed about 5 billion years ago due to gravitational attraction of dust and asteroids and all that stuff. And I'll go quickly through that. And it was a slowly cooling, spinning ball of basically whatever was made in the universe that's flying around from exploding stars and the Big Bang, etc. I mean, the universe was just like crazy 10 to 15 billion years ago. But our solar system started to form, the Earth started to form, and the Earth collected virtually everything that God made the universe out of, which we'll call the elements and trace elements, the periodic table of the elements. There's 92 natural bonds. And everything in the universe is made of those 92 elements. The only thing that is not an element is forms of energy, okay? Photons, so on. Cosmic rays. So, but the whole world and everything, you're just a collection of organized informed elements. That's it, period. No more, you don't have more than 92 because there aren't any more than 92, even though we have managed to make some artificial elements up to maybe 116 now, okay? Just because we can play around. So those elements were the crust of the earth that was cooling. Now about 4.5 billion years ago, something very strange happened and it's called the late heavy bombardment. This is so crazy. I, I didn't even know the first time I was gonna deliver it in a presentation, I'm going, Really? This is like, who's going to buy this? But the earth became bombarded in, 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 in for millions of years with a shower, a shower, you know, a meteor shower. So I'm using that term with a comet shower for millions of years, straight, straight going millions of years. We can't conceive of millions of years, but it got bombarded because there's this much stuff Stars are exploding all over the place. And the elements come from the stars, by the way. Only a few elements were made in the Big Bang, like hydrogen and helium was pretty much it. I don't know if you know that of the whole mass of the visible universe, 74% uh, uh, is hydrogen and 24% is helium. Okay? The whole thing. Okay? You know, the other 2% that's left, that's the other 90 elements that makes up, that makes up the earth and, and all the planets. Yeah, crazy. But the earth became bombarded with comets and comets. By this time, water molecules had formed in the universe and comets attracted water. We won't go through that, but comets are largely ice. And it bombarded the earth and it covered the earth with water. By 4.2 million years ago, the earth was covered with water. What happens? 
and the water was pure water. The water starts dissolving the crust of the earth, the cooling earth, and the crust is the 92 elements. And then when you dissolve 92 elements, well, some are gases, and, and, and I'm like fibbing a little bit, but it's just easier on your, on your guess. Not all the elements, so some are gases, so it's not as simple as I'm saying, but the 92 elements dissolve in the water and you create the ocean. And that became the host for the formation of life. And it just made so much sense to me. This was a revelation to me of revelations that, man, if you were going to take just a purely physical exploding universe and you wanted to introduce a concept so radical called life, you would probably give it everything you had and it got it. And everything you had was the elements of the periodic table dissolved in water. I mean, that's the magic combination of life. It's, it's like perfect. So life just, whatever, all the things came together and there were so many fractal forces and, and quantum level things going on. But, you know, an organism evolved and the organism turned into multiple organisms and those, that life that started was only in the ocean. And the ocean, it was in the ocean for 2 billion years before leaving. So all life forms, all plants, animals, they're called five kingdoms of life. Okay, that's the separate kingdoms of life, plant, animal, fungus, blah, blah, blah. Those five kingdoms all evolved in the ocean for 2 billion years. And I teach doctors, I said, listen to this. Never forget this. You can forget everything else I've told you. Nothing, nothing determined the design, the structure, and the function of all life forms more than the ocean. It was the determining factor of everything that uh, in the expression of life. And then to about 400 to 500 million years ago, life decided to leave the ocean. Not all life, but, you know, it started to be adventurous and seek, hey, what's it like to, I wonder what it's like to live up when we get out of this stuff. And nobody really knows what happened. But some life, we do know that some life left and said, oh, don't dig this. And the ocean is so perfect an environment because everything's taken care of. You guys, uh, you guys who really know your physiology, you know that your, your, your body has to be a regulatory masterpiece, right? You have to be the temperature, the light, etc. But once you live in, when you're living in the ocean, it's like most of it's taken care of. You're in the same temperature, the light is controlled, the food just comes into your mouth. It, it, it's, so life was taking a great adventure leaving. And the one thing to remember is that the ocean is an aqueous solution of the entire periodic table. That is so critical. And life has been used to 
the periodic table, having access to it's all of its cells of every life form is used to having access to the periodic table. And that was the departure. That's what is messing up modern man's survival, or one of the things. And that is we do not have the periodic table in our diet. So that is what inspired me to learn more. Well, how do you get the periodic table? And one of the guys your audience should listen to is, uh, do you know who Professor August Dunning is? Only because you brought it up in another podcast. Okay, but you must. I mean, it's a great thing. He has, he has um, uh, you know, YouTubes and, and he has a brilliant PowerPoint. And, you know, he's an astrophysicist at Caltech. I mean, he's a brainiac beyond brainiac. Uh, designer of the International Space Station, and he had an epiphany uh, similar to mine. He goes, oh, my God, the periodic table. And so, but he went one step further. He just goes, right, where do we get that from? We were born in the ocean. All, all our whole design was based upon it. All our cells really need it. Mm-hmm. Where are we getting it? Well, I don't think we are. So he just plotted the loss from 1900, just in food, that's well-known agricultural data, the loss of the periodic table versus the rise in chronic disease. His chart is beautiful. And he goes, this is it. And so he actually said, I, 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 am, I am going to restore uh, sensibility to modern agriculture. We have ruined it. We have mechanized it. We have polluted it. We, we grow fake fertilizers. We put pesticides and herbicides on it. We have messed it up. The food doesn't even have any value, really. So even organic food, it's, it's, you have to have biodynamic food to start thinking about where you're getting all the elements from. So he's a great resource to, to, to learn about this. Also, you know the magazine Acres USA? I don't know that one. David, do you okay, know? Acres USA is, I think it's from the 30s or 40s, actually. It's like a, the, 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 the magazine of agriculture for natural farmers, hmm. okay? And it's existed a long time. Now, I'm going to jump to my, back to my, my tenure in, in, in uh, Brazil. I get sick in a far-out area of Brazil. I thought I knew enough about health and medicine to know that I could die in this condition. There are no doctors, there are no easy ways out. And, and somebody, uh, I had severe bacterial gastroenteritis, okay? And without any kind of medicine whatsoever, I was pretty stupid to, to get myself into this, but there I am. And I was, like my first thing is helicopter, uh, ride out of here and you know i was just laughed at but a very basic person handed this to me and he said this is our doctor Hmm. and he said everybody uses this you should you should try this i'm going are you kidding what is this he said it's from the sea but i don't know a lot about it but my wife uses it with our child and the whole story i'm going seriously he said do it and i took this 
one per hour. All I can say is I'm giving a podcast right now because my affliction was done in eight hours. Wow. Done. And this changed my career. I couldn't believe it. How could I not know about this? How could I not even have heard of the person who, what did this, who is this person, Can, Quintin or Canton? He's the scientist who discovered it in 1897. Are you kidding? Yeah, this was a medicine for most of the 20th century. It wasn't even thought of as a nutrient because people thought we had good food. What would you have to take this for? And I, I stayed and studied in Brazil, got to know this, brought it to America in 2004. It's the greatest foundational nutrient that is necessary for every life form on the planet, period. And wow. it's seawater. Now, you know, if somebody's in Fiji, don't buy this, okay? I mean, you'll get by and have a, a much more improved life if you just learn to drink this drink your seawater from a pristine place, make it fresh all the time. This stays fresh because it's, it's pharmaceutically pure and, and, and in glass ampules, like this. And people just break a tip. And that's what I did, just that little bit, 10 milliliters. So, this is such an important addition that still everybody doesn't know it. it. It's amazing. But it is, frankly, because partly because of coronavirus, it is, going, it, it is going somewhat viral because this was used during the influenza 2018 uh, world, world version of coronavirus. So this is what this contains the periodic table that's what you want to remineralize and retrace mineralize your water with in my opinion i don't care where your water is from i don't care if you're buying the best you know 55 dollars a jug mountain valley water or whatever it doesn't matter put put this in it now now this one is the medicine this one is called isotonic i don't know i have no idea how, how familiar you two are with this. I don't think we ever covered it, but th there's two versions. One is in amber glass, one is in clear glass. And, and this is sold all over the world. I helped bring it to the world. And, and um, it, it was just made by a little boutique, pharmace elegant pharmaceutical company in France for 124 years. And they really were pretty much just in Europe. And I, when I discovered that and had my experience, that's what changed my life. And I brought it to most of the world. So when you remineralize, this is the water as it's taken from a plankton bloom in a very special part of the ocean in a very special way. We don't have to get, unless you guys ask me questions, uh, I will just you know, go through this as quickly as possible. This one, the one that its discoverer, this brilliant um, radical biologist, a revolutionary biologist, Rene Canton, student of Darwin, understood evolution and what these elements meant to life forms. 
And he goes, you know, disease is going to happen if your cells can't get the right things to fight it and the right things come from the periodic table. That's kind of how it goes. So this is taken right from the ocean in a very special way by special boats and special tanks and all that kind of stuff and a special area called the plankton bloom. It has to be a bio, um, they call it a biosynotic uh, uh um, what's my zone or huh? like a zone? It, it's a zone, but, yeah. but it's a bioreactor. That's the word I'm looking for. I mean, it has phytoplankton on top, zooplankton on the bottom. It's huge, hundreds of wow. kilometers across. And in this zone is, which makes happen, which, which happens to make the collective blooms make about 55, 65% of the oxygen on the planet. Wow. But this is, this, this is where life like begins and everything. This is it. This is what Rene Canton realized. And he, the water is taken from in this zone. You can't just take it from any zone. You have to take it from this zone. So it's taken straight away in this form. And then he realized that this is different. I don't know. Your, 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 well, your, your blood and body fluids are, are, are the result of you have you and I and, and, and David having evolved in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Rene Canton said the only way life could leave the ocean was to take the ocean with it. And it's like, like oh my God, I can't believe it. That is like, I get it. And your, your electrolytes in your body, the 10 main ones, because you don't have the other ones, okay? unless you drink seawater, the 10 primary electrolytes, which you can get from your food, pretty much, maybe not in enough amounts, but the 10 key electrolytes are identical in proportion that they are in seawater. Okay. And that's how you're, that's how nature designed us. You just, you spent 2 billion years in the ocean. Well, we're, you're going to capture that and you're going to build your regulatory physiology on that. And so Rene Canton said, but it didn't use the strength of the raw ocean. It has something which we call hypertonic in its concentration. Your blood is really same proportions of all the elements. It's just diluted about three times. And so this is what's running through your blood. And Rene Canton in 2004 said, I've got to prove this. I've got to prove this. And he took this famous treatise, L'eau de mer, milieu organique, which means the water of the ocean is the same as the fluid in your body. This, he transfused six dogs, classic books written on it, with this water. He removed the blood of six dogs, the whole blood, and he transfused them with just this. No red blood cell, nothing. He transfused them with this and they survived and they thrived. Did they go through hemolytic shock? Did they have a bad day? They did. But he proved his point. This is the stuff on which life thrives. And then this became, for that century, this was now 1904, for that century, the 20th century, this was a medicine. In the pharmacopoeia, 
of Europe. Hmm. And the physician's desk reference there. So that's the story of this stuff. It's one of the most important discoveries you can make in health. It's simple. It's cheap. That's it. And, and, and you can mineralize your water with it because there's nothing else that's close. When you have water purifiers, one of the scams, it's not a scam because people do a lot of things that just are, are stupid. For instance, I can't tell you that, you know, like a colleague of mine said, oh, I bought an RO system and I, I, I don't have to use this anymore because it mineralizes the water. It's got these two cartridges. You, you just change them every year. I'm going, do you know what those cartridges are? What? When you think of minerals, do you think it has, do you think it has 78 minerals in it? I don't know what it has, he said. And I'm going, what it has, I know, it has calcite, so it has calcium in it, and it has something called magnesium oxide, that's magnesium. So what you've put in there is a insignificant amount of fairly insoluble minerals called calcium carbonate and magnesium oxide. And so you don't need any more calcium. You're already overcalcified. And the magnesium you always can use, but it's not enough magnesium to, to do a hoop. But you were sold, and this is how the public is so susceptible. Oh, I've remineralized, but nobody knows. Remineralized with what minerals? Just two? Hmm. That are relatively one I don't need, not everybody, but one I don't need and one is very readily available. So, but this one offers the trace elements. That's the rare part. That's what you can't get. So that's why it's trace elements are, are just the loss of trace elements and the absence are just not recognized enough. So anyway, that's that. And you can do things like, is Aerosolize it? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, it's an yeah. aerosol. Nebulizing mm. is very important for respiratory conditions. Absolutely. Extremely good for the conditions you know that I'm referring to. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. And David, you must used, have some questions, buddy. I know you. This is used in Europe at a respiratory clinic called the Pross Clinic to treat every respiratory disease from, wow. from COPD to, to, to pneumonia. Oh, wow. David, questions? No, I'm just blown away, Robert, with how well you you drew that lens in and then really just like pulled it right back out to show the bigger picture of cool. a, ma a massive reason why I think we're having the chronic health problems that you're, you know, you're, you're talking this to. Is, this is the key. Pure water, doing it right, and having it remineralized is so foundational. And uh, I, I just... It's been my quest to teach doctors this for the last 16 years. And, well, and, it's, and it's so right in front of our face, right? It's so simple, yet everybody seems to just... That's kind of, of it. You know, it's, it's easy to overlook it. It's like, because there's so many other exciting things, like structured water, alkaline water, all these forms that have enticed us into, um, uh, into giving up our wallet. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm, uh, I think it's kind of comical that you say that because that's the one thing I kind of tell everybody because I'll always get this like gimmick question of, hey, what do you think about this machine that does this with water? Or what do you think about this? And I'm like, 
the first thing you need to just make sure is like, are you getting clean water and are you getting enough of your minerals? Correct. That's it. I was like, if those things aren't there yet, don't worry about like structuring it or doing, you know, hydrogen water or any of that other stuff. Like how clean right. is your water and are you getting all the things that you need from it? And, and when somebody asks me, hey, what do I need for my home? There's two things I approach. And this is, some, this is real practical stuff for your audience. You know what question I get from the smartest people in the world? Robert. What water purifier can I have for my whole house? Okay, I want to do a whole house thing. I'm going, okay, well, first of all, you, you, you no, no whole house thing can do it good enough for your drinking water, but it has a value and I'm going to tell you what it is. But you just asked me what one to buy. This is like me walking into your office and saying, Dr. David, can you write me a prescription for what I need? And I'm going, I have no idea what water supply you're on. I, I have to look it up. I have to see the analysis. And I will ask you questions like, do you have any children? Of, do you have any girls in your family of childbearing age? Well, what, what are you asking me that for? I said, because no one will ask you that, but it's one of the most critical questions. Because municipal water contains something. It's one of its most prevalent and, 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 and harmful contaminants called trihalomethanes. Okay, trihalomethanes are formed when chlorine in water, which every water has chlorine, reacts with just natural organic matter. Like if you mix chlorine and humic or fulvic acid, for instance, you're going to get trihalomethanes, hmm. a carcinogen that causes miscarriages. And I'm going, now do you understand why? I want to ask if you have daughters of childbearing age. And there was a, a, at one of the conferences, like last year, it, it, it was mind-blowing. I, I uh, was in Chicago. A woman came to me and said, hey, uh, I, I want what, you're supposed to be the expert. What do I need for a whole house water filter? I'm going, what, where do you live? She goes, what do you need to know that for? I said, because I need to look up your water supply. And she goes, oh, okay, I live in Jacksonville, Florida. I said, well, let's look it up right now. And we looked it up. And I'm going, she goes, what are you looking at? I'm saying, I'm just checking things like, uh, do you have any uh, girls in your house of childbearing? No, no, I don't, blah, blah, blah. And, and she goes, well, why is that? Because I told her the trihalomethane story. And she goes, what does that do? I said, it causes, uh, it causes miscarriages. And I'm noting it here is because, frankly, I'm looking at the highest level I have ever seen in a municipal water supply. And she, like, turned white. And I said, you've actually should have received four notices in which it went over the standard by so much they had to notify you by mail. Wow. And she turned white and she going, why? I said, how long have you lived in the house? Most of my life. And I said, and? She said, I've had five miscarriages in a row. Jeez. And people do not think of that. And that's why you have to know before you choose water purifier, you need to know what, what your water supply has in it. Now that's for a whole house. Now trihalomethanes, you don't want to drink them, but you also don't want to bathe in them because they're VOCs, okay? They express themselves in a vapor state also. They can solubilize in water, but they're in a vapor state. So, I mean, you have a, if you have a teenager, or whatever, childbearing, a girl of childbearing age, 
and she's in there and she's getting gassed in the shower and she's drinking it from a water system that can't remove trihalomethane, that she, she will probably have problems. And no one will even think about it. The doctor wouldn't even know the word trihalomethane. So when you do one's whole house, you really should look at the water source, the analysis, and this is the bad news. There's hardly anybody out there who can read an analysis. Now you should, people should, people should, this is where, this is where I love the statement, the doctor of the future will be, the doctor of the future will be the informed patient, okay? I mean, that's where we have to go. We have to take this. We have to get smarter. And I know you inspire your, 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 uh, your patients to learn as much as they can. But this, um, I'm trying to think of what, what my train of thought was. Um, in, in, in the determination of the water supply or the, the water filter for your house, a whole house filter is not as essential as your drinking water filter, depending upon what's in the water, okay? The whole house filter isn't going to get out that whole list of 100 plus contaminants. It's going to get out the ones that you must have out. You need to get out chlorine, chloramines, trihalomethanes. And if you, wanna, if, if, you want, if you want your skin and hair and no spots on your shower, uh, on your shower glass, then you can get a water softener. The, the water softener is, is just neutral. It's neither good nor bad. And then for drinking water, you would have something separate. You'd have distillation plus activated carbon or reverse osmosis plus activated carbon. I think you guys know that I ultimately discovered something that I did not design, and that was a... a, a uh, countertop reverse osmosis system called Aquatrue. And it's, even though I supported in, 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 in its refinement, uh, this is an inexpensive and the best of the field of water purifiers, okay? It's, you know, it sells for 400 bucks, plus or minus. And I just can't think of any no bacteria problem. Uh, easy to clean. The only thing is it fits on the counter. And I try to steer health-minded people away from an under-sink RO system. And if they are committed to it, I'm saying, look, just drain it very regularly. At the end of the day or at the end of every two days, just get rid of the water. So you're always making fresh water. That's my yeah, I love I love that option. I mean, we just got um, one for how home, and mm -hmm. we just got one for a clinic, and and it, I love to be honest, it's been really enjoyable. The kids are drinking way more water now too, and it's easy to dispense it, and it's you know it's a, it's a nice solution because a lot of units, like David was mentioning before, like ridiculously expensive, and people are doing all this research and find the best alkaline water and the pH balance and all exactly. the stuff that we're sold to. I mean, it's just crazy what we've bought into and, and the simplicity and the inexpensive nature of having this unit more accessible to more people. I mean, I, I, I'm, we've been loving it. So what's uh, the, what's the, uh, I mean, are there any questions that your, your patients ask you or your, your, 
you know, you're kind of celebrities now. Uh, in, 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 I mean, do they write in questions to you? And well, I think, I think pH is an important one because, you know, we're, everyone's like, oh, you're sick. You must have, uh, you must be acid. You must be too, too much acid. Uh, yeah, in the body. Right. Let's talk about pH a little bit. Um, okay. are you, are you okay for time, Robert? Just oh, go I'm, another I'm 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about okay. pH a little bit because I think that's so misunderstood. It's very uh, misunderstood. And yeah. you know, your body has a magnificent pH of your body fluids and blood and blood plasma pH regulatory system. It's one of the most, you know, probably oxygen to the brain and the pH of your blood are the two most critically controlled uh, parameters of the body. And, and um, I, I am like blown away how elegant the body evolved to be able to do this. Because you guys know that blood is like 7.35 to 7.45 and it's like, 7.35? I mean, you'd have a hard time doing that in the laboratory, you know? It's so fine, and your body's doing it, and you, it, doesn't, it does it whether you go to In-Out Burger or you, or you eat at, at, you know, a special biodynamic foods from Whole Foods. I mean, I mean it, it, it's, able to, to, it's able to account for all your mistakes. But if, you're, if your body fails, and some people's body fails to meet that 7.35 to 7.45 pH, you're either in the ambulance or, or you're not breathing anymore, okay? That's how critical it is. But, so people have been led to believe that 7.35 is alkaline, not strongly alkaline, very just slightly alkaline because seven is neutral, 7.35 to 7.45. And, and your body, is, const is an acid maker. And it's an acid maker because we have acid making metabolism. And people who eat more protein, you make more acid. And people who eat more greens and vegan diet, you make less acid. But the body deals with it in a very complex way. You get rid of, mu you get rid of much of the acid by simply exhaling CO2. Okay, and CO2, if you people like, well, how does it do that? CO2, if you put CO2 in water, it forms carbonic acid, and that's what's really kind of in your body. And so, as you exhale, you get rid of the CO2, and the, the carbonic acid goes away in your fluids. The rest of the acids are handled by alkalizing minerals, the elements of the periodic table that neutralize acids and your body manages those from your food. I don't know if either of you have ever heard of PRAL. I, I, I tried to get in the acronym PRAL. It stands for potential renal acid load. Okay, potential renal acid load. You really should look into this because it's very cool. I don't, I would say in all of my 15 years, not one single doctor has heard of Prawl, but it is what any clinical nutritionist would use to, to explore balancing a diet for a particular purpose. Prawl is a chart, so to speak, a science that rates the acid-producing cap acid capability and alkalizing capability of any food from, from butter to Budweiser, all right? 
that some of the charts are very extensive and some are just diddly. And you can, you should look them up and find a great chart, Prawl. So in Prawl, a food is rated like if it's positively rated, and it can be from like, let's say one, one to 15, it's high, it's acid making. And if it's negative, it's alkalizing, okay? And ideally, those things have to be balanced or your body's gonna be stressed and challenged at maintaining your pH. And it's that stress, it's not that it fails to maintain the pH, but your body is going through all these compromising things to maintain it because you don't have the foods and the, and the dietary habits to let your food do it. And that stress, so to speak, it's very complex on other systems that can lead to a cancerous condition or some other chronic disease. That's how it works. That's, when, that's why people say, oh, if you're acid too much, it's not that you ever get acid, it's that your body's striving to get rid of the acid. It, it always works, or, or you're gonna be dead, but it's striving and it's stressed to do it. So the Prawl chart really gives you an idea, and it's great to see what foods are alkalizing and how alkalizing they are, and what foods are acidifying and how acidifying. I mean, you, you will, you, your eyes will be bugging out when you see some of the things on the chart. So Prawl, check it out. That's awesome. I mean, so I teach doctors that this, this is a mantra I give doctors. The pH, that, that, uh, when I interrogate a, a, a room full of doctors and say, what is the, um, how many of you believe in like alkaline water or something? Let's say 30% say, and I'm saying, okay, where does water like, go you know when you drink a glass of water and robert like obviously in your stomach and i said your stomach can be many phs it can be one to three and maybe if you just ate and you used up stomach acid it's it's replacing the stomach acid but it's gonna change whatever you put in there it can dissolve a steak in, in 20 minutes do you think the property of ph of the water you're drinking can possibly survive that experience and they i mean they all go oh my god how did i not think of this i forced my customers into buying many hundreds of these four thousand dollar things to raise the ph of their their water and they're going oh my god i can't believe it so i teach them this mantra they they have to repeat this the ph of anything you eat or drink is irrelevant in human physiology. You're simply going to change the pH. Now, the pH, here's what's wrong with pH. pH doesn't indicate its buffering capacity. That's another, that is an important thing. pH isn't, but the buffering capacity is. Here's a great example. I asked them, what are some of the great things that that will help alkalize the body. You know, an oncologist, a natural oncologist might tell me baking soda, right on, that'll help. In many ways, that, that will, it will help the body uh, neutralize metabolic acids, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, and do you know what the pH of baking soda is? Well, you know, almost met, it's, it reaches like an end point of like 8.4. Great, it's not a lot, but 
The pH isn't important. It's its buffering capacity. How much the pH doesn't tell you how much acid it can neutralize. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what can tell you is something, and this is where the whole industry got led astray, is the alkalinity. They confused the word alkaline with alkalinity. Alkalinity is the buffering. Alkaline is just the degree. It's the same, I use this example, and maybe you've heard it before in one of my other talks. Sometimes I use it. It's like the difference between temperature and heat. I can have 451 degrees Fahrenheit, the, 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 the temperature at which paper and, and wood burn, but I can have a matchstick or I can have a fireplace. They both are burning at the same temperature. That's the pH. But one can't heat your house and the other one can. And so pH is like temperature. It just tells you the degree, but it doesn't tell you what it can do. It can't alkalize. And, 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 and if you have alkalinity, which is like bicarbonates, other mineral neutralizers, this is the number you really want. And so all this stuff about I set my machine to pH 9, all meaningless unless you know what the alkalinity is. And there's no reason to make alkalinity when you have, a, a, you know, a half a teaspoon of baking soda or alkalizing vegetables, okay? Mm -hmm. Alkalizing vegetables do a great job. And here's, here is a fun thing for you. The, the, the prawl chart will show you all the alkalizing minerals. You're going to dig it. But I asked the doctors, what are some of the other things besides baking soda? Oh, fresh green juices, alkalizing. My patients always, okay, great. What's the pH of all fresh green juices? I don't know. They code eight, nine, blah, blah. They're so good. I'm going, no, all fresh green juices are acidic. You see, the pH doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Excuse me. No, that's good. Okay, the pH doesn't mean it. It's, I'm going, wow, I said I just told you the pH doesn't matter. Just choose something and measure the pH and, and, and it'll, it'll, be, it'll be acid. Why? I said because if you measure the alkalinity, the alkalinity can still exist even when the pH is acid. So anyway, it's more, it's it, the pH, alkalinity, buffering, and so on is one of the most complicated, elusive subjects in biochemistry. And, 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 and doctors just never really learned it. But when the industry of water came out and someone who also didn't understand it interchanged alkaline and alkalinity and the, the whole industry used his book. And I'm going, oh my God, the man didn't understand this one fundamental thing. He thought alkaline was the same as alka having alkalinity. And it wasn't true. And so I call it the scientific misconception that became a billion dollar business. Wow. We, we hear that more and more these days with all kinds of things, man, <laughs> not just water. We were just talking about yeah. how that happened with fish oil uh, with a couple yeah. guys a couple months ago. But man, it's, Incredible. Oh, yeah, it's incredible when you start to kind of go down the rabbit hole and you start to learn what actually happened with some of these rabbit things. Rabbit hole is good. Yeah. So, are, you guys, uh, like, are you guys fans of, like, pesken parent mm -hmm. oils? Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, we had them on the podcast. Uh, 
very good very very good yeah um robert there's there's so much uh, to go from here i think we created an amazing foundation for understanding water um uh, just just for the sake of time and and uh, a regular podcast i mean we we just ask that you come back and let's get into the electrical fields and emfs and things like that because um the way we really did take it down the water path no but it's amazing like this the, the the information that you shared today on these core concepts are really the building block uh that's the foundation for everyone's health and if they don't do this piece this most important first step i mean it doesn't matter what kind of fancy supplements or exercise routine and whatnot you're doing you just haven't actually fixed the foundation and that's why uh that's why i wanted to get you on the call because this is so darn important and have you guys followed have you guys followed like pollock's work about yeah. the structured water in the cell mm -hmm. easy water fourth yeah. phase water and so you know, the last thing I think I want to just say, because it'd be great to do another podcast kind of tying this together, yeah. is that, and, and I, I am li I'm literally taking myself an advanced electromagnetic course, okay, to even go further. But I am like, I'm realizing from what I'm learning that all EMF, whether it's from the wires in your walls, whether it's from the 5G tower, whether it's from, uh, and, and this is just going to shock the world and it's going to be nasty from your electric car, okay? It, we are just learning the effect of EMF, which I call Hertzian waves after Heinrich Hertz, who discovered them in the 18, late 1800s, who died at the age of 36 from a respiratory disease and advanced migraine headaches, okay? Hmm. He was his first victim. Heinrich Hertz, these waves are called Hertzian waves, okay, electromagnetic right angle fields to the magnetic field, blah, blah, blah. These waves interrupt this structure in, you, in your cells. I mean, it's, it's, it's fatal. It, there's no way to, around it. And we have to address it. And I ask you to join me in getting this information out. Definitely. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. That'll be yeah, part two. Yeah, we need to do a full episode on that, man. And I'm really glad, like Nick's saying, that we just spent time with water because there's just so much things to talk about, just like I'm sure you're going to lay Thank an amazing... You. It was great. ...an amazing foundation for EMFs as well, man. So I'm, I'm pumped to get on that one with you. Cool. Yeah, uh, Robert, we always leave everyone with some home play, some, something that they can do for themselves to start taking action uh, with the information that you shared today. What's, what's one or two things that, that, that you'd recommend people get started with right away? Well, I mean, I, I think if you're really, if you're really into your health, probably I can't think of anything simpler to do than add this to your water or take it and, and, and read some, at least read something about it. There's so much, here is a 124 year old product that saved millions of people throughout the world. I mean, you can't go wrong. And, and, and it, it's, it's the most foundational nutrient, the elements, are the most foundational. You were born in them, and you still need them. Yeah. And, and so then we're, we're look, people got, take go seriously, really go slow about choosing a water purifier. Okay. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the whistleblower type of guy, and I am, I am just, I, I I'm not ready to come out with it, but probably one of the most famous. A revered uh, homespun water purifiers is the Berkey. You've heard of it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, everybody in America knows the Berkey. 
I just found some things in, in their testing, and I, I hope I'm wrong, uh, but I think I uncovered uh, a, a, a very uncomfortable piece of information about the Berkey. And, and I, I, perhaps the next time I, I talk with you guys, I'll be able to update you. Awesome. That'd be great. So where, where can people access the, the Kenton? I don't know if I'm saying that right. Is it Kenton? Kenton? You, you say you know it so what? well. It kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. English people say Quinton, but the real thing is the French pronunciation is Kenton. Kenton. Okay. Kenton. You, you kind of don't. Sounds so much cooler yeah. when you say it like that. Okay. So I represent three companies. I mean, I'm, I'm associated with three companies. I'm associated with waterandwellness.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we have Kenton and we have water purifiers and we have um, alkalizing solutions. And one of the things maybe we'll teach, we'll talk about is this little. It's been very successful. This little hydrogen, hydrogen tablet. Yeah. Okay. I love hydrogen. I, I'm the co-creator of the tablet 10 years ago. Okay. Wow. And, and it was more than I thought that uh, I thought it was doing. And so everyone should go on. In fact, I think I'll send it to you guys. Do, do people, can people your audience download things from you? Yeah, we'll put it on our show notes. I'm going to yeah. put you on something called Seven Water Solutions. I'll send it to you. Mm -hmm. You you determine. Seven Water Solutions is a, a, a like a 55-page digital booklet that explains the products and the science that goes with them. Oh, amazing. Tell me what you think of it. Think of it too. That'd be great. And that'd be great. and um uh I'm also associated with something, maybe we'll get to it, maybe not, and that's Lightwater Scientific. That website's drinklightwater.com, and that is the very esoteric deuterium depleted water. Mm. Okay, perhaps the greatest metabolic mitochondrial discovery of our time, okay? And it's, it's, it's really, right now, it's, it's mostly the biohackers are focusing on what this does, but... This is the one thing that can actually prolong mitochondrial life beyond what anything else can do. And then I think you guys know I'm also associated with and part owner of Quicksilver Scientific. Right. And, yeah. and they, they, they uh, also sell Quinton, which I introduced to them. And, uh, and they sell remarkable uh, nano-encapsulated liposomal nutrients okay they have some killers and uh you, their their new nad plus platinum i don't know you guys know i haven't NAD. seen that one yet i mean we do a lot of nad ivs and whatnot in our clinic but uh, yeah yeah but I you didn't should know try point. you should maybe if liposomals mm -hmm. can put a lot of nutrients in the bloodstream at higher levels than even an iv it's yeah. interesting. They have to do it perfectly, but it's possible. Anyway, yeah, that's I've, seen, I've seen some of the info. It's fascinating. And so, so that was water and wellness. That was uh, the Quicksilver. And what was the third one again? Live life. Light, drinklightwater.com. Drinklightwater.com. Okay, awesome. So we'll add oh, all that stuff to the show oh, notes. One thing you, you could do is if people go on drinklightwater.com, they can download a kind of, it, it, yeah, they can download this. 
This is the story. Here's a good place to start. You don't have to spend any money. Oh, there it is. It, yeah. The, the, the brief history of deuterium depletion. It's kind of mind blowing. Cool. That's great. Robert, thank you so much. I mean, thank this you is, guys. I, I feel it. like we scratched the surface of so much. <laughs> and it's amazing just to think of like what else, you know, we can share with our audience. And so we're super grateful for you. Super. And, thank you. And if somebody sends in some challenging questions, I'll be very happy to answer them. Awesome. Thank you, okay. Robert. Appreciate you. Thank man. you, gentlemen. Thank you. True pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.